Welcome in to the Irish NFL show week four instant reaction. It's been a long day of NFL with the London game. Early afternoon for us and obviously early morning for uh, for Frankie Abbott who joined me from Wisconsin. Frankie, great to have you back on board this weekend. Uh, yeah, here. Another enticing day. We're going to get into it now, but it's just never ceased to, to amaze the NFL. No, no, just absolutely ridiculous. You know, the teams that ended up winning, the teams that ended up losing, you know, it's just what are you going to do? It's just crazy. It's cool seeing some of the guys showing out so much early on, like CJ Stroud, but let's, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Well, I think you, you've nailed it there. Let's start with the Texans because um start of the season, like any season these days, the Texans are kind of written off and rightly so because of the nature of which each season mm-hmm. they have. But um, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young was the kind of talk on into the draft. CJ Stroud, since that opening game in Baltimore, when in fairness, he played quite well he he really was really good against the Colts albeit they lost he goes and wins on the road last week and uh, they win against the Steelers and not many people would have given them a chance in particular with the fact that the Steelers defense has been quite strong and a lot of people feel that the Steelers defense was the reason in which they were winning Kenny Pickett gets injured in the injury it looks like he could be gone pretty immediate you know the immediate and Mr. Trubisky will take over but let's look at away from a Texans team that have Won two on the on the trot, and CJ Stroud looks a bona fide NFL quarterback. Yeah, no, and not only CJ Stroud. I mean, this is this is what happens when you nail a, a head coach, offense coordinator, quarterback hire all in one offseason. You know, it's a very rare thing that we see in today's league. But you know, you you get a guy like D'Amico Ryan's who knows how to put it all together. You get a guy like CJ Stroud who you know is doing a lot of the things. I think we saw him doing at Ohio State. A lot of the anticipatory throws that he's throwing right now are just awesome to see he's putting balls in spots that are just elite right now he genuinely looks like as crazy as to say and i mean i think such a big part of this and i'll get into this because of bobby slovic but i mean he looks like a top 12 quarterback but i mean a big reason for that is i mean bobby slovic is straight from the shanahan tree and we always talk about how these shanahan coaches can make and this isn't me at all taking away from cj stroud this is me saying he can maximize how good the quarterback looks so cj stroud even through a rookie season is looking i'd say pretty good and then we've got an offensive mind who's putting things in place that makes him look great. Nico Collins is having good games out here. It was just a really exciting win. I mean, again, you're just seeing D'Amico Ryans look awesome. Will Anderson completely has advertised for them. They, it looks like they just batted a 1,000 this offseason, and that's a really tough thing to do, especially with some of the gambles they took. So just the complete ads off. It was a complimentary football in the sense that last week in Jacksonville, they had an interception in the red zone. They blocked, mm-hmm. they blocked bail goals. And they were doing a lot of defense last week. And this week, they only allowed six points to the Steelers. And um, by and large, Steelers aren't like a real expansive offense no. from what we've seen to date. But it's still, you give a quarterback possibility to win games, but it's really strong defense. You know, it could bring you to where you want to be. And that's in the playoffs. And right now, they're two and two in a division, albeit Jacksonville Jaguars and the Titans have won today. And we're going to come to the Colts now. Like, this division is wide open. You know, I know over the course of this, over the course of the season, We'll obviously the teams we expect to pull away, but right now it's anyone's game. And I think a thing too we'll talk about with like for both Houston and Indianapolis, like this is only going to get better, I think. I mean, I think there's no reason to expect it to get worse. I think we've only seen CJ Stroud get better and better and better every single week. And I mean, I don't think there's going to be any slowing this thing down, obviously outside of like injuries, things happening. But like, I think this is a thing that's going to continue to grow and get better. I mean, this is a team that still has good draft capital. Like this, it's an exciting time, I think, to be a Texans fan for the first time in forever. But I, again, I also want to like, like you said, with uh, Matt Cannon's offense. I mean, the Steelers' offense in general. I mean, 
D'Amico Ryans versus Matt Canada is about as like unbalanced a matchup as I'd say you're going to see in the play calling world. And we saw a great example of that today. I mean, there was just nothing the Steelers could do. Another week of frustration for Steelers fans, yeah. in particular around their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada being maintained in the offseason and still there now. Um, just turning to the Colts, obviously, same division. And despite the loss and a great walk off touchdown win for the, for the, uh, for the Rams and their, their rookie wide receiver continues to just hold oh, off these heroic plays. You know, he, 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 he marks the game on. Yeah, well, that's what he's been compared to. And he's a pep around Bick and he's just done some great things. He did some great things on Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, didn't get over the line with a victory. But Anthony Richling brings that team back. A rookie brings that team back from 21 0 down and gets the game into overtime. Bearing in mind, there's a two point conversion in there as well to get the game leveled up. And they're unfortunate, okay, they come out the wrong side of it. But surely, as a Colts fan, you can only be impressed with what Steichen is doing as head coach and Richardson. And again, they come, like, okay, they come out the wrong side of it today. They won last week in Baltimore. Things are on the up. This division is quickly turned in a, in a manner that none of us expected. A hundred percent. I mean, you talked about, like, I mean, Jacksonville, I think, is the team most of us assumed were going to kind of take that step to be on that, like, Chiefs level of, like, they're a true contender in the AFC. And it's not, like... And they're the kind of the one team I'd say that's kind of faltering right now. I think their offense is obviously doing a lot of shooting themselves in the foot. But like, yeah, as you said, this, a I mean, there's kind of a bunch of divisions in the AFC that quickly have turned from being like the the jokes to being really like the, the true big brothers of this conference, I think. I think, you know, it's funny, last year, everybody was kind of hyping up what the AFC West was going to be. Everyone was so excited to see, oh, Mahomes, Herbert, Russ, you know. And now it's kind of like, man, AFC West is kind of like, you know, whatever. The Chargers have a lot to figure out. It's the Chiefs. Now it's like the AFC East the AFC, and the AFC South look like, man, next year, if the, if this progression continues out of these two rookie QBs, AFC East has four good teams, three good teams. Like, this is some squads. We're going to come to the Bengals now, actually. Okay, they've been beaten by another team in the AFC South, but we're actually going to turn our attention to the AFC North. Look, the Ravens win comfortably today on the road at Cleveland. I think this game was marred by the fact that Deshaun Watson wasn't played, and I know people have the real feeling of Deshaun Watson, and rightly so. But going, you know, for the off-field stuff, but going into this game, we him playing like the Browns are favourites. They were two and a half point favourites. They just come off another win last week against the Titans. Has happened. And a lot of people felt they would have beaten the Ravens today. Didn't play out that way. It was a comfortable win. So, but I'm going to. It's a two two tier question here. Okay, are the Ravens rightly so the favourites for the division? Should we really re- read too much into this win today? on the road in Cleveland, bearing in mind Deshaun Watson wasn't playing, and where are the Bengals right now? Because I think I was the only one within the, within the group here in Ireland that selected Titans to win. I just, I'm not convinced with Joe Burrow. He's cleared carrying an injury. He was carrying an injury on Monday night. He got away with it because his defense, Hubbard and Hendrickson came up with the sacks. They beat the Rams. But things aren't right there. Jamar Chase, after the game, was very outspoken. Not as a quarterback, just more of the situation that the team aren't playing well. Where does this team go from here? Because Joe Burrow is clearly not fit and he doesn't seem to be ready to play. Yeah. And they scored three points this week, three points week one, scrambled for victory last week. Things aren't good. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll start with Cincinnati before we get to Baltimore. So, Cincinnati, like, season might be cooked. I'll be honest. You know, it kind of sucks having a one and three start the way it goes. That's kind of the way it is. What's nice for Bengals fans? Still got Joe Burrow. Windows, the window is wide open. They're totally fine. If this ends up being a year where they're not one of those true contending teams, that's okay. World's not falling over, you know. I think there maybe is some concern. Maybe you're starting to look with a little bit of questions at the coaching staff. You want to start to make, make some switches up there. You know, I think the top, the at the very top, 
maybe they end up starting to make some noise, but I, I don't think so. You know, I think this is a team, as you said, Joe Burrow's doing, uh, dealing with injury. This is a team that kind of saw a lot of overhaul in their roster over the last year. So I don't think that they're necessarily sunk yet. Obviously, it's not good for this season. Yes, they might have to write it off 2023. But at the end of the day, if this Bengals team, like, if this Bengals team shuts down Joe Burrow in the next, like, you know, five weeks, say it, keep, it continues on this trend, gets to the bye, and like, you know what, we got to let this guy completely recover for 2023 and they end up like a top 10 pick they could get a true piece this year you know and I think that's kind of like something to almost be like I'm not saying take a step back take a step forward but like when you talk about this AFC has been an absolute arms race I mean you want to talk about a way to add a big piece if this team could add something like Brock Bowers Marvin Harrison or one of these top 10 picks maybe one of the top offensive linemen you talk about Joe Alt Olufashanu I mean that could end up kind of propelling them even further forward than they want to go. So while things aren't bad in Cincinnati right now, they're not, like, it's it's really not. It's bad for right now. It's not the worst thing in the long term. If it ends up being that, like, yes, you had a Joe Burrow injury year that you got to kind of write off, but you end up getting a super good blue chip piece to help you for the next 10 to 15 years, not the worst trade-off in the world. Now for the Ravens. Ravens are damn good. That's a contending team. Lamar Jackson is playing some of his best football right now. There's just no way around it. You know, we've seen him have a half that maybe hasn't been great. But, like, as far as when he's on, he is on right now. And his his connection with Todd Monken and the, the new offensive coordinator looks fantastic. He's balling. That thing, I mean, they look like a juggernaut right now. And their defensive coordinator, I want to highlight him as well. Uh, his name is slipping my head right now. I want to call him, uh, it's not Mike McDaniel, obviously. It's Mike something. Very good DC out there in Baltimore. I don't want to knock him because I don't know his name, but he is very good. One of the best DCs that I've gotten to like watch and been like, wow, this guy's putting good stuff on tape. And like in their secondary, like they don't have, not to try to knock any of these guys, they're playing with a lot of injuries right now. So they have a lot of guys that I'd say like, you know, like aren't necessarily the highlight makers you'd expect. And they're holding teams, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson played today. He's a rookie who I think, you know, kind of, was a bit more thrust into action than I think you'd like him to be, but still, he got absolutely shut down by this Raven secondary, and that's very exciting to see. Well, we call it instant reaction, but people will probably say we are overreacting to the Bengals, but what I would say is, taking away maybe the exception of next week's game, with all due respect, is against the Cardinals. They've then got Seattle, they've got uh, 49ers, and they got Buffalo, so mm. to some really, really difficult games ahead. I'm going to turn to a game that will would have been close to your heart this, uh, this afternoon, this evening, Frankie, and that's the Broncos. And Oh, yeah. 28-7 down, the world is caving in on all Broncos fans and the players and the head coach. And they find a way to, I wouldn't say we're actually coming back because they are, with all due respect, playing against arguably one of the worst teams in the league. But Oh, yes. Justin, Justin Fields is John Ford touchdowns. He's going off for yards. He's not even running the ball. He looks like he's out there. And some people are joking that the Broncos defense is making him look like Dan Marino. And somehow, if the Broncos come back now, I, w- I would throw in there some of the play calling on the on the Bears' final drive was a bit erratic. You know, if you look to draw, look to draw the Broncos offside, they then go from fourth down. They really, they should take a field goal. They haven't won many games. Take the field goal, fight for the next drive. Now, whatever, the Broncos have pulled it off. They got the Jets coming to town next week. It seems as bad as it may seem. If they were to win next week, it just seemed that right now are, are very much struggling. We'll see what comes of Sunday night football, but. Things quickly change in the NFL. We've seen oh, the yeah. Vikings. Have, like, where do you stand on this? Are you relieved that they got over the line, or is it really a case of we got over the line because we were playing a poor side that didn't understand 
and have the nature to put this game away? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll just say yes to all of it. Um, I don't know, man. It's there's there's so many different layers to it. You know, it's it's never bad as a fan or as as a team as an NFL team. It's just never that bad to lose. I think, especially this early in the year, I think it's important for them to kind of get a win for the guys in the locker room. But just an embarrassing first half. That defense is just like the first. So I'll be completely honest. I'll be one hundred percent here. Huge fan. Once it hit that third quarter and they were down twenty with eight seven. I, I hopped out. I said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta go. I can't, I can't do this to myself right now because, again, guys, like the stories out of Chicago, like what's happening to that organization right now? Their DC has been on the job for ten days because the last one got, you know, no, no, yet. Like it's ugly out there. It is so ugly to lose to that team. Like that's that's just such bad, such bad juju. I think. Like, and again, you know, I'm there's. Everyone in every every sub five hundred team or every team that doesn't think they have a chance at Super Bowl this year is screaming at their team to get Caleb Williams. And I know that there's Broncos fans. They're like, man, they cost themselves Caleb Williams. First of all, they still probably have a shot to end up with that number one pick because yes, this Broncos team is still that bad. They're still probably gonna end up with a top five, top ten pick. But I think it's important to not just like be a literal abysmal dumpster fire, like. To, to announce yourselves as worse than what's going on in Chicago right now, like, I would be concerned. Sean Payton got traded a first round and second round pick for. He's getting paid the highest head coaching contract in the league. And his losses so far this season, we're watching him lose to Josh McDaniels, almost lost to Matt Eberflus, and uh, Red, uh, Ron Rivera. Like, these are three coaches that I expect to lose their jobs to literally lose their jobs by the end of this year, if not just right when the season ends. Like, I don't expect any of those coaches to have their job next season. And he lost to all of them within the first month, or almost lost, excuse me. So I think that win is just important for me and my soul to at least feel confident in something, you know? But Jesus, man. Just as they say, as they say, Frankie, painting over the cracks. And I think that's what will... Uh... We'll put that one down to. I was going to move on to another team within the NFC North. That's the Vikings, and I put in we put an SOS on the uh, on the Twitter page to see or the X page and uh, save our season. And like for large parts, it looked like the Vikings were going to find themselves in a zero and four hole, and they've managed to escape with a victory. And I think the game changing play was obviously the turnover, which was returned for it wasn't a pick six; it was a fumble turned over, and obviously recovered and returned for a touchdown. Seemed to change the change the game, but yeah, even at the end, the Panthers had an opportunity to you um punch it in and maybe go for two point conversion wasn't to be the Vikings escape with a victory and they had to they had to get this win. Bread in mind that the Lions have won on Thursday night football. This this team, now we talk about teams that are one and three and have have life and have a be happy and potential to still be in the running. Is this Vikings team in the running? Because we saw in the first half Kirk Cousins turning the ball over again. That has been the forte of this team. I think it's nine or ten turnovers this season it's the most count in the league. But they have all the players. They have all the experts. And once you have Justin Jefferson, still have a chance. Does this Vikings team are they still in? Are they still in contention? In your opinion, I mean, any any team can still be in contention. I don't want to say they're not in contention, but I don't think that they should be. I don't think that they should want to be in contention. I'm not trying to say that they should tank by any means, because tanking isn't real in the NFL. These guys are creating their resumes. This is how these guys get more jobs. No one is out there intentionally losing games. Guys aren't intentionally missing tackles and choosing to let touchdowns happen. Like that's that's not how the NFL works. But like, you know, I don't I don't think that they have a window right now to truly contend. I don't. I think 
with the way the NFC is, especially the NFC North is currently looking, like it's hard for me to imagine them swinging it back. But as far as can they do it, I think completely. I think when you talk about an NFC that is pretty open, you know, I think that there is availability in that wild card. I don't think there's a lot of proven teams in the NFC. I think you've got an offense that is headlined by a good quarterback, point blank, Kirk Cousins, you know, whatever you think about him, he's a good quarterback. You have the best receiver or, you know, one of the top two, top three receivers in the NFL and Justin Jefferson. And then you have decent play. You need to work on the interior. The defense needs to clear some stuff up. What I will say about the defense, and I know, you know, that, that can be kind of really hard to kind of be like, oh, how are they ever going to deal with this? The big question is coach, right? And I like Brian Flores. I really like Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores is genuinely a good defensive coach. You know, is he struggling so far this year? Yes. Is he? I haven't, I haven't personally watched a lot of the Minnesota tapes, so I don't know. Maybe he's not doing as well as I would expect. But I, I like Brian Flores. I like a lot of what he does. The recipe for let's have a really good offense and let's have a defense that can create big plays, which a Brian Flores defense is going to do with how much they blitz, how much they try to, you know, the, the way they, the ways they cover, like they try to create a lot of big plays. The recipe is still there. I'm not. They're not completely out of it yet. I think they could absolutely still contend. If this team was to rip off, like, Three straight wins on the back of like, you know, some crazy Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson performances, and the defense stops being atrocious. Like just because, like that's the thing: the defense doesn't need to be good; it just needs to be like not the worst. If they can be a bad defense, but like still a good offense, which they have been this season, at least throwing the ball, I think they'll be fine. You know, I, I, I they might not. Again, they might not be a world beater. I'm not saying they're going to contend for a Super Bowl, but. I wouldn't be shocked if, the, again, if this team was to rip off three straight wins on the back of some good Kirk Cousins performances and the defense having some timely good plays, not good performances, but a decent interception or two, as we've said today. Big interception or a big sack force fumble or something like that. Totally. Right. There was 90 points in Miami last week. There were 68 points in Orchard Park this afternoon, saving Irish time. And that was the Bills against the Dolphins. And like, arguably, this was their game of the weekend. Um, if you like touchdowns and you like, you know, he's going up and down the field, I wonder if this is the one for you. Um, the Bills win 48-20. The Bills go 3-1, and one, which is tough. Obviously, now they have the tie break. They are the leading team in the AFC East. I mean, the Dolphins, was to be disappointed, will obviously realize they've, similar to last week, like the Broncos came up against the Juggernaut last week. They've come up, came up today against the Juggernaut. Since we... There's always a bigger fish. There is, you know, the, the bigger fish than the dolphin, and that's, well, there's a, there's a buffalo coming at you, and sometimes you hike you down the way of a buffalo, and Josh Allen, since that week one game, it's like as if he, and I saw it last week against the Commanders when they won 47-3, it's like he's taking it on his shoulders, like, we should have won that game in week one against the Jets, and I'm going to prove to everybody in the league, I am the right, I am the right guy to bring this team forward, and arguably I should be declared myself as one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC, we know it, but right now he's claiming his hair on fire, the Bills... When they, when they play like that offensively, they're in London next week, we'll be there covering the game, they're playing against the Jags. You know, even next week's game, you can't see how they can't win it. Big win for them all, the same in the division. Dude, Josh, like, there's something really, like, the Chargers have been doing this with Herbert this season, and we truly saw this game today and last week, where it's so beautiful when an offensive coordinator or the offensive play caller truly just says, here you go, here you go, amazing quarterback, win the game. We're not running the ball. We're we're going out of the gun. We're going. We're spreading it out. You got this. And it it worked to a it worked to butte today. What else can you say? 
Josh Allen played probably, you know, I'm not going to say one of the better games of his career because of how many amazing games there have been, but up there, incredible game. Against, again, Dolphins' defense hasn't been great so far this year, but a well-coached unit with Vic Fangio, you know. Again, Dolphins' offense looked pretty good, I'd say. Still scored 20 points. This Bills' defense really held strong. Like, I'm very impressed with the ability they did to hold uh, Tyreek Hill in their receiving core to, like, a minimal game. Again, we're just we're talking about the historic week they had last week, the historic season they've had coming in. That just shows you how good this Bills' defense is, how good this Bills' team is in general. Because, I mean, man, like, it wasn't a competition. And, again, it's not like Dolphins' team's not bad. Like, it's not – we all know that very well. So, it's – it's some pretty cool stuff to see. And again, I mean, this Dolphins and this Bills team is even going to get more help when Vaughn Miller's back healthy. So it's ooh, it's it's going to be some very fun playoff matchups this year in the AFC. It's it's going to be a sh- some battle. It's a serious AFC contender. And yeah, what's the appetite for next week in London? They're playing the Jags. They are the home team. I'll be another great game. Another great game. I'll be at the game between playing in Tottenham. And an early morning game for you. So you, you, you'll, have the, you'll have the joys of an early morning game to watch Josh Allen the goal against Trevor Lawrence. Before we turn to the afternoon games, um, just want to quickly touch on the Eagles because they navigated victory. They haven't been playing for me. They haven't played that great this season, but yet they find a way. But I have to commend the commend Commanders. They beat them there last year, and I put it up during the game. I won there. Are they going to repeat the dose? And then when they went down by seven in the in late in the game, and AJ Brown does that kind of foolish thing of giving away fifteen yards on, you know, on the the uh, kickoff because of the nature of how we celebrate that touchdown, and obviously. You're giving a good field, field position, but the commanders held their own in that game, came back, had the ball in overtime, couldn't get it done. Okay, the Eagles squeak it, but surely Ron Rivera will be saying to his team, we can hold with these teams in this division. Yeah. It's just a case of beating the lesser teams. But that's the commanders. They always play up to these teams, but then when they play against other teams, they struggle. It's a, it's a, I'm sure they're, it's a tough defeat to take, but all the same, they played really well. And Sam L looks, looks the part. Yeah, no, I... This, I mean, we, we've I've, I've said it all year long. This Commanders team's playing with house money. They're not intending to win a Super Bowl this year. They're starting a fifth round quarterback. You know, like and that's not me trying to knock Sam Howell at all. Like they, they clearly said this year. You know, like we're we're willing to see what happens. You know, we're willing to roll the dice. The dice are coming up pretty good right now. You know, it's they, they are a team that kind of shows you the benefit of being patient. I think you know, like they're not a team that said we need to kind of look for an immediate solution. They're a team that said you know what, let's get our offensive coaching right. Let's try to build up a bit of a foundation. You know, we'll kind of let this be kind of a, a a meh year, and then hopefully next year or the year after, we're we're set to roll. You know, we we know what we need to go into the next offseason. You know, they're gonna have a definitive answer by Sam Howell by the end of the year. I think that's really exciting. Right now, I think yeah, we're all saying man, Sam Howell could be a guy. I think I think we're all pretty much there. But what's so exciting? There's still plenty of season left. They're in no rush. They're still. Plenty of tape to get on this guy. Maybe by the maybe he hits a huge bump in the road middle of the season and they end up saying by week ten, this isn't the guy. But you know what? We've seen what this offense can be when we do have a guy. So let's just get our guy next year. I think you can't be anything more than excited with this commander's team. I think what the enemy is doing on offense is really cool. I mean, it's again, I I've been a guy who hasn't really been sure. I've heard, you know, the the rumblings around the league about all the things about the enemy, but he's he's showing it throughout these first few weeks. They're one of the most explosive offensive in the uh, offenses in the NFL. They're maximizing their personnel really well, and I just they're a treat to watch. And yeah, I mean, they're competing with an Eagles team, which and we'll talk about this Eagles team. Like you said, they, it really does feel a bit different, right? Like last year, this Eagles team far and away best roster in the league. 
you know, like it was it didn't feel close. This year, there's definitely a little bit of like, eh, like Hurts played really well the other day, but I think Hurts so far this season were kind of a little bit maybe like, oh, like, is he an elite elite? Like, is he one of those guys or is he kind of in that like maybe a tier below, which is fine. But you got to know that difference, you know, because that'll change some things. So, yeah, I completely agree where they won today. And they can, they're still a dominant team. This isn't me trying to be like, oh, the Eagles are slipping to be a middle-of-the-pack franchise. No, last year they were just definitively one or two. This year it's kind of like, mm, are they sixth? Are they maybe closer to eighth? And that's tough. And I'm not saying, oh, like you can obviously get to the playoffs as the sixth-best team. You can win it all. You hit, you hit a stride at the right time. That can always happen. But they're not the same juggernaut I think they were a year ago, which is, I think, a little weird. Yeah, I would call out the F2 new coordinators, offensively and defensively. I wonder, is it a case of defense or catch yes. Yep, and Jane Nurse is playing really well, but he's not running the ball effectively to me. Well, I think he only hit 36 yards today. He hasn't really gone to the numbers in which we saw last year. To get over the line, uh, the final game we had just touched on is that Baker Mayfield, Again, the doubters were there. He's, he's found them in a way. A lot of people would have felt the Saints would have won today. Surprised to see Derek Kerr back in, back in action. So soon after the injury, yeah. Green Bay last week. Just Shouldn't jump into the... Exactly. It was a strange when I thought James Wilson when I played. But anyway, the books got over the line. They're 3 one the top of the NFC South. Just touching on the three games in the afternoon window, late, late evening here. Not a lot to be said in Dallas, with the exception maybe that Mac Jones is... I'm not going to say he's on life support at this stage, but he was he was benched, you know, late in the third quarter by Bill Belichick and, and like Patriots fans were. I need to start to finally kind of get to the stage. Oh yeah, and very very ill feeling about the quarterback. To, and Bailey Zappi comes in; he's not the answer. It's a very precarious time for for Patriots fans. But again, when you go up against a defense that's dominant, despite the injuries in which they have, we saw you know Mika Parsons go off injured; he came back in. Like that, that was a nice win for the Cowboys today. I just want to turn to the other ones: McCaffrey four touchdowns, the Cardinals played. Like they do, they play tough, they hang around, but ultimately in the end, four quarter kills them and games get it, get away and beat them. I know the Cowboys couldn't do it last week. I want to talk to the, to the AFC West game because this looked like the kind of game I did text and said, oh, we could be yeah, recording earlier because all three games looked like they were fizzling out early on. It looked like they were all going to be blowouts. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers do what the Chargers do. And Max, you know, you got, you got Mac having six sacks and setting, we are close to setting out the federal records. A big day for him. And yet they somehow find a way where they're struggling at the end to hold out a Raiders team. And it wasn't for the unfortunate interception in the red zone at the end. They may have got that game into overtime. They put it in the hands of Justin Herbert on tour and 10. He goes to Parmer. He was a 51-yard throw. But the game away, he gets injured on a meaning, a needless play where he's been picked. But he doesn't need to get involved in the play. Brandon Staley just finds ways to make things difficult, doesn't he? Even when the game is over, he still does sort of mismanagement on fourth downs. It just never changes. Got to get him out of there. Got to get him out of there. It'll be interesting for teams. Like, it's so interesting for teams like them and teams like the Commanders, who just brought in these big-name offensive coordinators who are looking really good right now, but you're probably going to be moving off your head coach set. So what do you do? Do you promote that? Like, Eric Biennemi, do you make him head coach? I'm sure a lot of people would want that, but then it's like, man, he looks really good as OC. Do you really want to take that? Like, do you really want to put more on his plate when he's doing so well with what's there? I can say the same thing for Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore has been getting how many head coaching interviews this in the past few years? Brandon Staley, I think, is probably, I'd assume, the odds-on favorite to get, maybe not odds-on favorite, one of the favorites to get fired pretty soon here, you know? I think we all know the issue for years has been his decisions 
and their defense has been bad. Those are both on Brandon Staley, you know? Like, it's 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 an ugly world out there. And again, you're seeing Justin Herbert, who for years has been probably a top 10, top 5 quarterback, depending upon how you view him. And he's not getting the help he needs from a coach who's not coaching the offensive side. Like, he is coaching the offensive side of well, but that's not that's not where you made your money, bro. Like it's it's a mess out there. So I mean that's that's the one thing that'll be interesting to keep an eye on because I mean you obviously are gonna want to do whatever makes Justin Herbert happy. I'd assume he's pretty happy getting coached by Kellen Moore. So again, it's like, do you just promote that guy? Do you bring in someone else? But then you're telling that head coach, hey, you have to keep Kellen Moore because that's never a good way to start a relationship. And again, this team needs co- cohesion. Like that's like you always hear it, the most successful franchise top to bottom they need to be on the same page from ownership to like ball boy you know like owner gm head offense coordinator head coach all four of those guys need to be going in the same direction if they're not there's gonna be a lot of problems and right now it feels i'm looking at this next offseason for the chargers and i'm trying to think how do they kind of do this you know how do they keep moving in this direction that I think I think they're kind of being smart right now and how they're ha- handling Herbert's development but then how do you progress it into okay let's turn this great quarterback into a great team and a winning team you know and that's what I had coaches taught they've got a lot of injuries actually the running back hasn't really played this season um Justin Herbert obviously has the injury coming off yeah, the game to like they do have to Mike Williams is out for the season so going to be reliant on other wide receivers to step up. Um, they got over the line. Mack had six sacks. Um, I would say credit to the Raiders. Rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell. I thought he had a, a good game under the circumstances. They are on the bye week. Then they face the Cowboys. A tricky game coming up. Um, we've got Sunday night football coming up. Obviously the Chiefs against the the, uh, the Jets. And then tomorrow night we've got the Giants against Seattle Seahawks. So two more intriguing games coming. Yeah. New York, New York. And Taylor Swift, of course. Like, this season resolves in remembered, unfortunately. Is as the Taylor Swift season because just the storyline has never gone away. Frankie, as always, instant reaction podcast week four. We'd appreciate your time. Looking forward to doing this again next week. Done a blast, sir. Thank you for having me.